It is pretty bad. That is a terrible intro. Yeah. We'll have to work on that. Welcome to the Real for Life podcast with Jesse and Joe. Time to catch up. How the hell has your week been, sir? Well, it's Sunday, so. It's yeah, just... but we've been planning it for a week. Oh, it's been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> well, you didn't just spend an hour and a half at a fucking eight-year-old basketball game. This is true. Dude, I'm telling you. The basketball game. So Parker gets out there and my son Parker's awesome, but he just, he's me. He, he doesn't pay attention at all to anything. So he started out exactly the way every single movie starts out. He gets the ball. He shoots for the wrong hoop. <laughs> but he got Lucky the ball. He didn't, oh, he got the ball and he held it for a long time. I'm like, do something. Did he dribble. He dribbled. They don't, luckily, they don't, you know, they're eight, so they're not calling like double dribble and stuff. But it's hilarious because he's honestly, he's probably like mid pack because there's like, you know, there's kids that are out there that don't know what the heck they're doing. He's kind of in that. And then there's like this other kid who was like just running up and down the court super fast. Pretty sure he doesn't know what the word pass means. Taking every, like this kid's shooting three pointers from the college three. And it's getting halfway there, but he's sending, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I get it. Like, they're kids. Maybe make the game 20 minutes, not an hour. It was an hour. Was he ever in soccer? He was in soccer. He played like two games. He did. That's the worst. He, he wants to be in the crowd to be like a part of it, but he doesn't want to like actually do anything. Uh, but he did do much better than this. So I think we just need to work on, you know, like fundamentals. I think we can get him to where at least he's a contributing player. Um, but yeah, that was rough. An hour and a half. They do a half hour of practice, then an hour of kids basketball. And then of course, you've got a million parents in there with their other kids running around. How many trophies you know, were given out for this game? Falling off bleachers. No trophies were given out. Oh, Thank goodness. That's good. That's good. But. The what funniest part to me, you've got, I mean, you've probably got 100 kids in there, right, in this high school gymnasium. There's about 100 kids. They're all on courts. They're getting it done. Every Because this is Happy Valley, right? Every single one of them had a $150 pair of shoes on. All of course of they did. All the Jordans, all the LeBrons, like, just insane, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. It was It was kind of neat, but... It's, it's just funny. Uh, out there granny shifting, not double clutching like they're supposed to? No. And, like, I don't want to be that dad that's, like, yelling at his kid from the sidelines. Pretty sure I did that five times. All right. Do you see the video the other day? I don't know how long it's been out. It's fucking hilarious. So, like, this lady's recording her daughter in a game shooting a free throw, and this other lady behind her yells while the daughter misses air ball mom yells air ball and the lady looks at her and she goes no it's cool it's my kid oh <laughs> yeah it's okay no because it's my my kid, kid. right <laughs> oh we heard you <laughs> i'm trying this buoy west coast ipa i got way too much light you can't see it it's like a pink can i'm a little conflicted about that but it's pretty good yeah, I got another I was week. How's January treating you? Miserable. I mean, I cheated a couple times, but. 
Well, I mean, cold turkey is the worst way to do anything. So Right. That's not right. Like, you can't just give up. It's a fucking waste of time. Got to live a little. I'd well, say when my it's something you've been doing every day for, shoot, 20 years, like, yeah, it's hard to quit cold turkey. I'm going to say 20 years. How old am I? 41? Oh, I guess in that logic, I didn't start drinking until I was like 26. Yeah, I didn't start drinking until, uh, well, I did what every 21-year-old does that didn't actually drink in high school. I was, uh, I, I, I rocked those uh, Schmiernocks and the, the oh, Sky yeah. Blues. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all those do is give you a huge hangover because of all the sugar. Right. Uh, I forced myself to drink one beer every time we went out to the bar. And I remember the exact moment where the transition happened. It was at Lilac Lanes. It was a Coors Light. And it clicked. I was like, oh, wow. I got a new friend. <laughs> and my life changed uh. for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm lying. It was a Bud Light. Nice. I just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> that was all a fucking bullshit stunt anyways. Uh, it was. And you know what? I, I got to say, so like Dana White signed Bud Light after the whole Dylan Mulvaney bullshit. Right. And he made a good point. He's like, they're, you know, at least originally an American company. They, they hire a boatload of Americans and they're spending the money. Like, I wish they would just come out and say, we screwed up. But of course they can't do that. But they are putting the their money. In boatload. Is, is boatload a race old term? <laughs> boatload yeah i, I feel like that. I, I use that a lot i feel lucky i feel like that's the next term to be canceled i mean if you said if you fresh said off the boatload <laughs> right and if you added a race in it it'd be absolutely racist which for the navy could be a saying like fresh off the boatload like i've been on a boat for three months and i just blew right. my first load so you were in the Navy. Hold on. I, well, the I term the term is salty, but then when you went to blowing your first load, then it just sounded fucked up. I don't want to go into this like so soon, but I'm going to. You were in the Navy. You were on a ship. Your bunk was like two feet by two feet by six feet. Yeah. How do you have alone time on a boat? You know, luckily I always worked night ops. So ah. everybody was sleeping while I was working. Nice. There was only like six of us that did that. So then during the day, everybody's out of the birthing and then you have free range. Is there like a curtain? Is there a little privacy? Yeah, the curtain's about this big. It's blue. Yeah, that works. Nobody jerks off in their bunk. <laughs> That's what you're insinuating. That's just, you're right next to somebody. I mean, yeah. But I, that's why I'm asking. That's why I was in the army. We had... We had like we had stall number two. Everybody knows in the barracks, stall number two, you know what goes down in there. Make sure you got grippy shoes on. See, we <laughs> had like stall number six, which was everybody that had an STD used stall number six. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm of the opinion if it can be cured with penicillin, it's not an STD. Well, you're right. Oh, we're talking, it's you a know, consequence of a good time. Right. Hmm. Which brings me to my first subject I wanted to talk to you about today. So 
we have a mutual friend. He, uh, you know, he uh, kind of talks like this and uh, yep. lives in L.A. We'll call him Bob because we're not lives using in, names. Bob. He lives in L.A. now? Oh, that one. Sorry. It's sweaty. I was, yeah, I was thinking. So me and our other friend, Sprinter Perfectionist, uh-huh. are talking, and he's telling me that apparently our friend Bob got uh, fired again. I've, I've I never met I somebody was... that got I thought he was a stay-at-home trophy husband. Well, he kind of is. Dog dad. Yeah, so they're in L.A., super liberal couple. That's fine, whatever. I'm pretty sure they're paying like eight grand a month in rent. And he hasn't worked forever, and he'll he'll do private consulting, which means basically he'll keep a job for like two months. But I've never right. met somebody that that, you know, got fired as much as him. And sprinter guy was telling me that apparently he when he knows he's going to get fired what he'll do is he'll line up a bunch of business trips he'll pay for them on his credit card that way he gets the miles and the points and all that right then submit a receipt so the company reimburses him and then when he gets fired he just cancels all the plane tickets and has a whole bunch of money and i'm trying to yeah, so I'm trying to tell Sprinter guy that like that's pretty fucked. Like that's wrong. That's that's fraud. It's, oh, it's absolutely wrong. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I got fired. I'd, I'd I'd fucking do the same thing. Fuck them if they're gonna fire me." No, and see that's what's so ironical about the left is, and again, pretty fucking neutral, but they're always about helping the other guy, mm -hmm. but fucking everybody else over on the way. <laughs> No, fuck that company. Well, yeah. I'm going to rob them blind. I'm going to force that company to spend for all their money on whatever. If they, if they shorted him 50 cents on his paycheck, you'd be damn sure that he would get that 50 cents. Because the, the business always has to maintain every single obligation that they have. But right. the employee never does. No. Well, actually, true story. So when I used to work for that company, before what I'm doing now, uh, mm -hmm. I was like a big, uh, company. big company project manager. And there was like eight people beneath me. And I was mm -hmm. the only one like above 25. So like I always got the rental car and I was the only one with an expense account. What are you looking at? I'm looking at my background. I, I'm just making sure I'm sexy. Oh, Jesus. So I was the only one with an expense account and um, a rental car. So I had eight people's expenses on my card monthly and i traveled monday through friday and then in my free time i'd have to do an expense report so like once a month i'd do an expense report well so for like three years and my average is about 100 grand in expenses a year so in three years time something they didn't tell us they were using american express at the time and so whatever your running balance is for that month let's say it's eight grand let's say it's whatever you pay 30 percent on that well, the company doesn't cover interest. So after three years, oh. I accumulated, which I can't even see the statements. I'm just submitting my expense report. So after three years, I owed American Express $8,000. Oh, geez. Lots of arguing later. I lost. Company realized that they were fucking over a lot of people. So a lot of people had to pay out of pocket. So I had to take a loan of eight grand to pay back the company or interest on American Express. Wow.
and and don't get me wrong i'm not being a stickler here like take you for example if you got an expense account and you're out of town and you decide you want to buy a beer or two for a friend on your expense account that's fine right <laughs> what i'm talking about is is our la friend like any chance to screw over the company and it's like at some point you have to realize like you wouldn't be getting fired if you were bringing value to that company right like remember years ago i stayed at your place and yeah. uh so i saved the company hundreds of dollars to stay at your house instead of a hotel so i bought a bunch of beer and filled your refrigerator with beer remember that yeah i appreciate right. that but, but that's i feel like that's not that's not stealing that's paying you or sex no i mean very much <laughs> i am a cheap date i will say though so like i've been fired twice in my life i got fired from my first job uh at the roller rink and i wish i could at some point i hope i i run into the, the old owner of that roller rink to tell him thank you because i didn't pay attention to the schedule well enough i didn't show up for a shift i'm I'm 16 and a half, 17 at the time. It is what it is. And so I didn't show up for a shift, so he fired me. And I had to get a real job. I had to be at work with you and be a fucking dishwasher for six months. That's a real job. Hardest, huh? Yeah, it, well, that that's the hardest work. job I've ever had. Hardest job I've ever had. I was a dishwasher for six months. It was kind of worth it because I was banging the hostess. You're in the fucking army, and you're saying being a dishwasher was harder. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Being a dishwasher, at least because in the army, it's like, you know, you're with a bunch of bros and you're like, yeah, this fucking sucks, but it sucks for you. It sucks for you. We're all just complaining. Like it's, it is, it's kind of fun, right? Like right. It, it sucks, but we're, we're in it together. Um, There's a camaraderie and misery. Yeah, absolutely. So I got fired from that. I had to be a dishwasher and that lit a fire under my ass and I was rock and roll forever uh, as far as work ethic. But then I worked at a hospital a few years ago and, you know, at first I'm like, well, they fired me because, you know, and I was managing the radiology department. And in my mind, I got fired because they needed room in the budget to bring in a PAX guy. And I still think that's partially true, but whether or not it's true or not, if I was bringing value to that job, they would have found somebody else to fire. They would have found somebody else. Right. So I still have to take ownership of that. If I was truly bringing value and not just showing up to work and get a paycheck, you know, or if I was doing things their way. So like my director, his whole thing was nobody should ever do anything because you tell them to do it. They should do it because you inspire them so much by setting an example that they, yeah, but that was, that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. I was like six years ago. Oh, and people fucking and suck. It's, it's total bullshit. People suck. Right. But the, you know, the reality is, is there was another manager that was doing that. And so I have to take ownership. I got fired for a reason. And, and that's why I bring up, you know, the, the, you know, LA Bob, because there's no way you can be fired that many times. And how do you not come to a realization that like, you know, if I brought value to this company, I probably wouldn't get fucking fired all the time. And if I wasn't trying to screw them over, this is the same guy. I drove him to a job interview one time and he was wearing blue jeans. Oh yeah. But they're like $300 and, blue jeans. Exactly. 
oh, dude, these are, you know, $300 blue jeans. They're uh, super nice. And it's, I get it, you know, but no, you, I don't care if you're, if, if you're going to be a fucking dishwasher, you don't wear blue jeans. Well, to a I job interview. applied at McDonald's and his mom called me and he refused, they're at like Target or whatever. And he refused to buy a polo shirt because she was making him wear a polo shirt for a job interview. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I go, yes, it, yes, it does matter. You're wearing the fucking polo shirt. (laughs) You're respecting the process. You're respecting yourself as a candidate. Right. right? So I, I don't know, man. It's just, when I, this is why I will never worry about me or you going broke because there's so many just shitty work ethic, low quality people out there that they don't, they don't give two shits if the company they work for succeeds. They don't care. All that matters is their paycheck. Most people do the bare minimum not to get fired. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I guess don't get mad when you get fired. But so classic example, when I was talking about like the company has to make sure they do everything. They have to meet every side of their commitment, but the employee doesn't give a shit. Right now right. I manage at a place that is a union environment. So I've got an employee that. And there was a time and a place for that. And it was called the industrial revolution. But like, let's let it go. I mean, let's just point out where it all went wrong. We started limiting women work. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Only once they got got air conditioning in the offices. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, No, but so so this one employee, they work uh, two sixteens, right? When they came from five eights. So when you go to 16s, we're supposed to, you know, fill out a form that says, oh, you work 16s now. So you're not going to crew overtime until you're working over 16 hours. Well, what's that Oregon, form, what's, what's Oregon state law? Uh, it, it's zero and 40, but I'm in a union environment. So they don't do union or zero and 40. Oh. They do whatever is over your scheduled shift is overtime. So of course yeah, you got people. California. If you work yeah. eight hours and you work eight and a half hours, that's 30 minutes of time and a half. And if you work, yep. I think it's 10 hours, it might be 12. Mm-hmm. Then you get double time in one day. Washington yeah. state, you don't get overtime. You can work 40 hours straight and you're not getting overtime. No, it, a lot of places, depending on how you structure it, you, you don't get overtime until you crest 40 right. for the week. And the place that I work could set it up that way, but they don't. And so anyway, so this employee went to a two sixteens and like eight months went by and I noticed this person had a lot of overtime. So I was like, Oh, I guess somebody never filled out the form to change their overtime to eights. So I go to the employee and this is an employee that like, you know, once again, if, if they're 50 cents short on their paycheck, they're coming for your ass. Right. Right. And I'm not doing anything that I don't have to do union, union, union. And when I went to the employee, I was like, Hey, I need you to sign out a, a new overtime form. Cause you're getting, you're getting 32 hours of overtime per paycheck. Yeah. So basically you're cutting his paycheck in half and he's not going to be happy about that. Right. For eight months now. And they're like, Oh, I was wondering when you guys are going to catch that. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, and they totally did- knew it. How did yeah, like zero payroll HR just miss all of this? Well, they don't, once again, they are also union. Like 
if they're not specifically asked to do something, they don't do it. There is no, because I've worked at hospitals that are union and non-union. And don't get me wrong, where I work, there's some magnificent people. There are. But by and large. Yeah, the best. They're the best. Everybody knows it. But they're not. Um, no, no, no. But when I've worked at hospitals that are not union, there's a lot of people there that actually give a shit, right? But there's something about working in a union that just creates an us versus them. It's unavoidable. Even, even mean, the best of people will slide into it. So like this last weekend, we were on uh, modified operations. Sorry, because we had an ice storm. And like there's certain employees that just know like, oh, on modified operations, because it might be harder to get to work, I've got two hours that I can show up late and they still have to pay me for the first two hours. Oh, Jesus. So even though they, they could absolutely make it at their normal start time, they don't. They're like, no, no, I got, I, I can show up two hours late. You still got to pay me. I'd be foolish to show up on time because then I'd be working for free for two hours. Never mind. There's fucking, you know, it's an ice storm. Our ED is completely full with broken wrists and broken ankles, but fuck those people, right? Right. Why would I work for free? Back to my point, they'll fuck everybody else over and they say it's for the common good, but it's only for their selfish reasons. It makes no sense. Yeah. So I'm not on dry January, by the way. No. I'm just saying, I'm getting closer. But yeah, it just amazes me because this person in LA has been a friend of me for a long time and we kind of had a falling out because his, his, wife thinks you know she basically disowned me when she found out i voted for trump like won't talk to me when she does she'll take a screenshot of a post i have put it on her pages this is an example of what not to do this is what racism looks like and of course this guy that i've known for fucking ever like says nothing to her and i get it it's his wife you have well, to take your wife's side is she but, the money well, also, she's the money. Yeah. So he, he is a house husband. And part of me respects him for that. He's flipping the script. I'm good there. But it is a bummer because I, I truly do miss miss that dude. Like, he is, I don't care if he's the worst fucking employee in the world. As a friend, you're never going to meet somebody that is more caring of a friendship. Like, we would go out, he would drop $500 on a bar tab. And, and just be like, oh, no worries. It's an investment in friendship. You'll get me at some point. Like, just the ultimate concierge. All that matters is that everybody has a good time. He, he never worried about, you know, who paid what. Um, and I'm really happy that I, I lived with him the first couple of years I was in Portland. Because before that, like, me and you grew up poor. So when we, I don't know about you, but when I started making money, I was really stingy with it. Because it was something yeah. that I'd never had before. So. And then you bought a bunch of skinny jeans. Bought a bunch of what? Skinny jeans. Uh, no, sir. Those were diesel jeans. They were only skinny from the ass to the knee. And then they flared out a little bit to cover my fry boots, motherfucker. <laughs> For those of y'all that don't know, uh, me and Joe grew up in the best town in the world, Spokane, Washington. And 
on our last when we graduated high school and realized we were fucking idiots and didn't pay attention enough we joined the service we went down there on the same day joe joined the navy because his whole family had been in the navy i joined the army because most of my family had been in the army and that was an interesting few years but somehow i ended up in portland uh, which was great for the first few years and i bought in i was a super liberal i i remember one of the moments when i decided i didn't want to do the portland thing anymore i was riding downtown my bike riding home from work very typical hips I'm, i got a fixed gear bike my right pant legs rolled up i've got a chrome fucking messenger bag just the ultimate hipster and uh these three dudes are walking out of a bar and they're like hey is that a fixed gear and i'm like you're damn right it is they're like fucking faggot and <laughs> i'm just like oh, fuck they're right I sold that bike the next day. Oh, fuck. Remember when you were uh, at the bar and uh, I don't know why you had your bike with you, honestly, but it was me, you, and Trina. And Trina got fucking. Why did I have my bike with me? I have no idea. But Trina's like, I could ride this bike. And then she took off full speed. <laughs> and we're like, no. And she just ate shit. Oh, man. You got to love her. That, that story right there, though, is exactly why Trina is the fucking best. She's like, I got this. She's like, um, hold my beer, bitch. Watch yeah. this. Like, she's a total baller. Yeah. She's not the most athletic one, though. She's yeah, like a she's black belt. Pardon me? Isn't she like a Does black belt? Yeah. In, in I mean, what? Almost on? Oh. Wow. Oh, shit. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> She's black belt. Right now. So, so we wrote down some subjects for our podcast. What do you got? I lost. I, my dog ate it. Your <laughs> dog ate it. Well, Actually, I wrote a couple of times one of my it. notes was I, I laughed out loud when I was writing it down and I had to tell the story then, but I'm going to save it. And it's the I'm better than you. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll tell that story at some point. So one of the things I wanted to cover and just basically because of where I live, that the reason I like talking to you so much is because the places we live are polar opposites. So people kind of act different. I'm getting a lot of dinner. Something going on. Okay, I'm away. Are you there? Yep. There we go. So the pronoun stuff. I I under I get it. The he, him, the she, her. What I don't get is the she, they. And I am seeing it more and more. And it feels to me like it's unauthentic. She, they is what you do when you're not gay or lesbian. Just want or trans you just want the cred you want the street cred right it's just telling everybody who you voted for yeah exactly um but i walked past a girl that like th this is a feminine girl she's just super liberal she only dates dudes she's normal but heaven forbid you know you're you're with statistically 9.5 percent of the population we don't want that right so on her badge, she's got the she they going on. And you're like, who's they? Maybe it's the other voices in her head. 
Well, like I said, it's you're only doing it for the street cred, and it's like, how do you do that in a conversation? Like, you could be like, "Oh, look, there she is." Uh, Have you talked to they yet? Like, oh, my employee. Grammatically, it makes no fucking sense. Did that to me once. They referred to another employee as they, but like in the sentence, it didn't make sense because it would have been plural. And I was like, who, what, what are you seeing? And it's just like, they, I'm like, did they you talk do. to they about that beer order? Yes. And yeah, I go, makes no fucking sense. I go, did you just pronoun me? And she goes, yeah, yeah I don't know what she is. I was like, she's a she. <laughs> what? And you know her name. Just so it say the name. <laughs> um, fuck me. I don't know how phones work. I, I saved this because it was it was part of the topic. I just saw this today. So they made this freaking reel where it's a bunch of barbers and they're basically like asking permission to touch people before they touch them and getting their yes. pronouns. Yeah. And they're basically shame trying to shame the one guy that doesn't, but he sounds like the only normal one. Right. I don't know if we're gonna be able to hear the audio of this. <laughs> so i just gotta say props to that guy yeah like more people need to do that. I, I ran into that. I had to do eight hours of DEI training about two months ago. It was the same thing. Everybody said their name, the department they worked in, how long they've been there, and of course what their pronouns were. And literally the only person in class, the only person in class, there it was like, you know, Jesse Lewis, blah, 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 blah. Been here five years, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and what were your pronouns? I, I yeah, I'm not doing that. That's exactly yeah. how I answered. And they were so blown away that somebody was like not kowtowing, you know, to the agenda that like she literally didn't. Well, I should say they, it, it was a they, they didn't know how to fucking react. And it was, it was a she, they that went to college for DEI. Yeah, it's, it's, that was it's not a thing. And again, just default to their goddamn name. Like, who well, it shouldn't sh- be, but it was. It was an eight-hour class on dismantling white dominant culture. So the first part we talked about in my little small team at my table was they were bringing up stuff that was like, you know, prevalent in white dominant culture that we're not sensitive enough to. So the first one they brought up was timeliness, being on time. So they're like, well, in some cultures, people don't, you know, they don't, they don't have perfectionism with time, and and, and they don't work on such a tight clock. And I was like. Okay, explain that to the person in, on the fucking ER table with a broken femur. Right. People are just going to show up when they feel like it. Right. Like, how do you run a hospital like that? And oh, and then the next one was um, it was perfectionism and then competitiveness. <clears throat> so they did this case study. We had to review this case study. And from a management perspective, great case study. It was basically this girl, she got promoted amongst her peers to manager. She immediately made everybody adopt her workflow because it's what worked for her. 
Mm -hmm. And she created a choke point so that the only way people could talk to the director above her was when they went through her first. Yeah, chain of command. Yeah, and then she also only had one-on-ones when it was to give negative feedback. So you could look at that case study and get some great managerial stuff out of it. Never in there, ever, did they say anything about race. But it, after we read the case study, we had a huge class discussion on, you know, how, what does this say about white dominant culture? And people were bringing up like competitiveness. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Are, are you telling me that white people are the only people ever that have been competitive in the job place? Like, uh, pro have you never been to Asia? Like, or <laughs> literally anywhere on earth? Like that's been prevalent forever. People compete. That's how some people get stuff and some people don't get stuff. It's survival. It. <laughs> yes, it's, it, it, it just blew me. Well, if, if it weren't for white dominant culture, that really wouldn't be a trait. It was just, and then, like I said, so at this point, I'm basically the only person in class, like, kind of speaking up to another perspective. And right. there's girls in the class, literally, that'll just, that were just starting to roll their eyes whenever I raised my hand. It's pretty bad. But then she brought up the, the, the she, they, DEI teacher brought up the whole pulling yourself up by your bootstraps myth. She called it a myth. And she's like, can anybody explain that? So this dude with a tucked in shirt and a mask, of course, uh, was like, well, it's this myth that if you just like work really hard that you can like, you know, get ahead. And it, it totally disregards, it's a myth because it disregards that, you know, people don't start off in the same starting place. And true. so I raised my hand and I was I like, mean, that has nothing to do with nothing. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so I raised my hand and I, I tell the teacher, I'm like, you know, you're by calling that a myth, you're spitting in the face of all the people that have worked really hard and have done it. Right. And I was like, you know, you can't. There, you know, you could say people start off at different starting points. Absolutely. I grew up poor. I had to join the army to get my education. Guess what? I'm in the same room as all of you people that went to legit college. I just had to work a little harder. And some people may have to work a little harder. Some people may get it. But the point is, is this is one of the very few places in the world where if you work harder, you can ascend from the class you were born in to the next class. Very few places right. in the world you can do that. And then and Rudy, Rudy said it the best with that as far as how much he loves America, which Rudy's a second generation Mexican here. I mean, technically he's Mexican. Anyways, and he goes, What's so great about this country is you can't, it doesn't let you fail. You could claim bankruptcy and then just start over and then work hard. And then if that failed, then they're they don't let you fail. You have to like try to fail. Mm-hmm. And Hard work gets you where you. Hard work gets you places. Like that, that doesn't even make any fucking sense. Laziest never got anybody anywhere except for on OnlyFans. No, and it's it's true. Like you can start at a better starting point, but me and you both have good examples of friends that started out rich, like grew up with every fucking advantage, and either never went higher or went much lower. Right. Right. But we also have a friend that I won't name, but he he built a lot of the light up signs that you own. Uh-huh. Whose dad owned a company. He worked for the family company, 
but he took that company way the fuck further. So right. to say that that person didn't earn their spot in life or that they had privilege is bullshit. That person would have succeeded no matter where they started because they have work ethic and they're Ambition. smart as shit. Right. Yeah. 100%. But yeah. No, that, right. He's kicking in fucking Havasu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, me, I'm a very petty person and super jealous. But you, you see people like that. It's like no ill will. Like that person worked their ass off and they were really smart about it. Good for them. Those and are the fucking humble. Humble. That's the thing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it was crazy. So at that point of the class, when I stood up and said they're, you know, they're the pull yourself by your bootstraps thing is a myth. I don't know where that are you hearing feedback? A little bit. There we go. I think it's because of where I was holding the mic. Anyway, the, the other be. teacher in the class who's got blue hair and is definitely a Biden vote stands up and says, you know what? I'm actually going to back Jesse up on this. This is one of the only places in the world where you can work hard and get to the next class. And it was crazy, right? So we get to the end of class and, you know, there's a ton of weird stuff that happened in that class, but the the she they was was i think they were korean and she ended by talking about how she made her co-workers like listen to all this k-pop uh-huh so i go over to her after class and i'm sure she she just like rolled her eyes and was like here we go this is about to go down right and i go over there and i'm like hey do you watch any of the uh uh k-dramas on netflix she's like yes and i was like yeah we just got done watching uh me and my wife watching hometown cha-cha-cha you're like oh my god you know that and we bullshitted for like five minutes about Korean dramas. And you can tell she right. was totally like blown away that I knew something about Korean culture. Right. And so she ended with, because like I said, every time I spoke up, you could tell that she had never heard that perspective before. And so she goes, you know what? I really appreciate you speaking up in class today. I think it brought um, a lot more context to these conversations. And I was like, I appreciate you letting me speak and not, you know, shutting me up. So regardless of how we feel about each other's political views, like both of us left there with a respect for each other. Because it is true. She could have she could have never called on me. And she did. Right. So, you know, regardless, there there was at least a little mutual respect there. So that gives me hope. And none of this should have anything to do with working in a fucking hospital. No, no, it, sh it sure shouldn't. But it shouldn't have anything to do with working anywhere. Like on Twitter no. right now, there's a big battle between Elon Musk and Mark Cuban. Because Mark Cuban's talking about like, you know, how DEI is a good thing and Elon Musk is ignorant, blah, 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 blah. So Elon Musk tweets back at him and he's like, cool, when am I going to see the uh, first Asian, uh, five foot two Asian guy in the NBA on your team? <laughs> like you're cool with dei but not on your basketball team right a little different yeah yeah and you know i think it was uh frontier airlines one of the airlines um alaska air oh no that's a whole other story but anyway one of the airlines i think it's united they committed to to hiring like 50 percent uh dei people 
women, people of color, whatever. Right now, only 19% of it says. What do they think the result of that is? Doors falling off? Well, okay. So, yeah. So, funny thing about the doors. So, you know that happened here in Portland, right? Yeah. So, Portland Airport, an Alaska Air airplane takes off. They get, you know, 2,000 feet off the ground, something like that. Fucking door or uh, a section of the side of the plane comes off the plane. Which was the emergency exit door. Right. So, what they did was in order to put more seats in the plane and make more money, they got rid of the emergency door and just patched up that area on the outside of the plane so that they can make more money. So then the fucking door comes off or the, you know, where it used to be, the two seats also go out. But on a full flight, somehow those two people missed the plane. Tell me that's not divine intervention. Right. Right. So come to find out the reason that happened. I'm not going to, I shouldn't say it's a reason that happened. Let's just say, do we think this has anything to do with it? It was the first project for by Alaska air. That was of all female engineering team. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, coincidental. I mean, and you know, don't get me wrong. They're, you know, females, great engineers, whatever. But when you're when you're hiring to find a color or a sex or anything like that instead of a qualified person, you gotta think that's gonna happen. Well, and to tie this all together, like you shouldn't have a group of people that all agree with each other ever. If it's on any no. kind of committee, you're not there's no such thing as progress if everybody fucking agrees with each other. Yeah, and you know, I hate to stereotype, but there's a reason stereotypes exist, right? <laughs> It's yeah, and you learn them all in the military. But when you have an all-female team, women don't challenge each other. Like, a, a team with men can, can if somebody brings something up, another guy can say, that's bullshit, I've got a better idea. And they'll argue out the merits, and they'll, they'll come out with an outcome, and they'll go with it. Women don't do that. If one of them disagrees with the other, they go behind the curtain, and they start politicking and chitter-chattering. Like, women don't work well together. No. So my wife got a job once. Uh, she was a phlebotomist, and she got this job in this office of uh, this hospital. And uh, she comes home for the first day. I was like, how was it? She goes, oh, I love it. Blah, blah, blah. I go, what's the ratio? She goes, what do you mean? I go, what's the male-to-female ratio? She goes, oh, it's all girls. It's great. I was like, okay, cool. By the third day, oh, she's God. like, fuck all those bitches. By the next week... The manager pulled her in the office and let her go because she just wasn't fitting in. Yeah. And I can see how that could happen. <laughs> it's like, yeah. She was pretty mm -hmm. pissed. Yeah. I'd be too. Uh, uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, I was curious because you're, you're driving up here this week to pick up a truck that you want in an auction. Yep. Right. So, so you're getting your kid a vehicle. When you and your wife talked about that, like, what were your thoughts on that? Because I know there's parents that, you know, their kids turn 16, they buy them a brand new whatever the hell they want. 
there's some parents that think that you should just automatically drive a piece of shit because it teaches you perspective. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, what my thoughts are on it and what I actually did are two opposite things. But, uh, you know, you should get your kid a reliable vehicle that runs well. And this vehicle's a old cop truck. So four-wheel drive. Has all the maintenance. If you drove it off the road, I wouldn't be too upset. And we live in the country, and that's going to fucking happen. So, you know, you want your kid to be fucking safe. But he doesn't need, like, a Mercedes. Right. I, I did try to get him a BMW, and my wife shut that down. <laughs> An older Dude, one. I, I wouldn't do it. And she was like, I, do you want the car, or do you want it for him, or do you want it? And I was like, I guess I can't want it. Well, your kids are never going to want what you want. This is true. Yeah. yeah. My grandparents bought like a uh, 72 Skylark Coupe. You know, it was a Buick, but it looked like a muscle car. And right. I turned my nose up at it because it was, what was it, 1996, 97? And I wanted a Honda with a really cool right. spoiler. Right. So, of course, I bought a, a 87 Pontiac Grand Am with a broken heater core. Mm-hmm. Right. And we this rallied the or- fuck out of that car. <laughs> Dude, this, this story, this is my origin story. I don't know if I've ever told you this. So I'm rolling an 87 Pontiac Grand Am. I've got antifreeze on my floorboards, right? It's the middle of summer, and I score a date. I, I want to say her full name, but her name's Tracy. And she was a legit fucking smoke show, right? Way out of my league. So I score a date. I pick her up for the date. It's the middle of summer in Spokane. It's probably 98 degrees outside, and I've got 98 degrees on the radio. It's go time. And I pick her up. I take her to the fucking mustard seed. Fancy. In the mall. Uh, no, no. The one that used to be over by, like, the onion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but I've got my heat on full blast, so my car doesn't overheat, right? And I do the douchebag move, like, you know, I'm fucking 17. I bought, like, the gas station single rows and put it in the passenger seat. Nice. So, and I'm thinking, I'm like, this is going well. So I take her home, sweating balls in the car because it's, you know, heaters on full blast. And she had a boyfriend that apparently was in the Air Force. Oh, nice. I didn't, I didn't know this till midway through the date. We get to her house. He's there. The year is 1997. He's got, he's in the Air Force. He's got a 96 two-door Honda Accord champagne color slam on 17-inch chromes. Needless to say, there was no second date. And that's what started me down the path of very stupid vehicle purchases. Why'd she go on the date originally? Was this a uh, roller rink date? No, but the only reason she thought I was cool was because that's how she knew me from back in the day at the roller rink. <laughs> I peaked in junior high. We all know this. I was the best roller skater at the roller rink. Second best. Dwayne Tawney was better, but I was the second best skater at the roller rink. So you pretty much get your choice until you're 16 and people start getting cars and you're like, oh. I, I can't get laid just being really good at roller skating. 
Oh, fuck. But that's All where right. the car thing started. Yeah, happens. And kids these days don't even give a fuck about cars. No, most of them they don't, don't even, they don't even their fucking they license. get a job. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Um, you know, my thoughts on cars, you'd hope you buy. I'm, I'm in the same camp as you. Cheapest thing that's reliable and safe. Great. Makes sense. You can make anything but, cool. Like nowadays, kids, they don't even get their own cell phone plan until they're 27. True. So, you know, unless you have parents that are going to float the bill, why would you want to get a car when you can Uber places? And you can, like me and you are talking right now. We couldn't do this as kids. No. And I couldn't call you on like the normal dial-up fucking phone because my grandma didn't want me tying up the line because she was too cheap for call waiting. So, like, you actually had to like pedal or drive over there. Right. Different so. times. Mm-hmm. I remember once uh, Adam moved in up the street and he lived, I mean, his parents had money, so they lived in a big house like in the hill. But you could see my backyard from his porch. So we got like oh. telescopes and talked to each other on the phone. <laughs> I think that's the like original FaceTime. Oh, Hold on real quick. This will be fast. Hey, did you get Parker yet? Really? Oh, okay. Thanks, honey. Bye. We, we didn't really declare that before the call. Uh, we're going to have to cut it though. Yeah, we can cut it on the next episode of real for life with Jesse and Joe. Um, I, I think we should go further in the car evolution thing. And I can tell you the story about the time where I passed up sex because I had just reupholstered my back seat. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> till next time, everybody. Have a good one.